The Beat Church in Pflugerville, Texas. Bringing you messages of inspiration, hope, and freedom. Turn up the volume and get ready for the truth that will set you free. Amen. Amen. You guys can be seated. Uh, Come on up, Jennifer. You know, God does love you. He loves you right where you are. And he loves you too much to leave you there, though. He loves you too much to leave you there, though. Jennifer's going to share her testimony, just a part of it, um, of how God has worked in her life. And listen as she shares, because what she's sharing isn't just about her, it's about God. And it's the same God who loves you and the same God who wants to work in your life. Amen. journey starts at birth. I have an identical twin sister, and she is the best sister out there. And I was born with uh, two pounds, two ounces. And so I was born into a world that wasn't very kind. And um, God says, I know you before I formed you in your mother's womb. And truth that is. I guess I have a twin sister, but we are so different. Um, So uh, it started off my parents. I don't know my real dad. Um, What you do now, but I didn't then. (laughs) And my mom had a boyfriend that I would call dad growing up. And we had just, my parents did drugs. We lived on the street. I mean, we were living in the park or we're living in people's homes. You know, there was never a home. And my parents were drug addicts. They liked to smoke and drink and do things you shouldn't. And so there was a lot of um, abuse physically, mentally, um, emotionally, for sure. Um, We ended up in a a house that we did not belong in. And there was so much abuse that we ended up going into a foster home. And he went, the, the people that lived there went to jail. It was in the news and everything. You don't need to look it up. And so um, this just happened to be a friend from school. Okay, this was just, a, we were in, I think, elementary at the time. And my sister had gone to school. She's just bawling. And there's just a friend there just lending an ear. And she went home and she told her parents. And this is the first time we have ever said anything with over years of just abuse. And so immediately we were found and take it into their home. Well, this is the first time they had ever done foster care, like ever. And they already had five kids of their own, so they had a big house of kids. They ended up being pastors of a Baptist church. And I remember going into their home and I'm like, wow, you you get a house? And these kids are just, they're complaining about things, like little stuff. And I would look at them and get so upset. I'm like, you guys don't understand what you guys have. Why are you complaining? And I would get so upset. And I learned so much going into a foster home. I I learned that, you know, what you sit down at a table for dinner, you, you know, you, you guys hug and get tucked in at night, you know. There's just different things that I learned. And when I got there, I'm like, man, all these people go to this church you know, and I remember being like, I want that. You know, I remember all the things growing up that was horrible and different things that were happening, but I always felt like somebody was there. Like, you know, when something bad happens, you always reach out to something, someone you don't even know. You just know that there's got to be somebody that can help you. Well, I ended up giving my life to the Lord there because um, I wanted what they had, you know, and Immediately, I realized that all those places, all the abuse times that I was at, God was with me and every single one. You know, I know it brought me peace. I know it brought me, I mean, as much as peace as you can get at the time, but I mean, I feel like in this horrible world, it could have been a lot worse. You know, yeah, I had to, it's a sinful world. I mean, we all have something we go through. Everybody's heart is different. And um, I 
just think anybody that does fostering, I don't know, I know we got foster care here and we got people that adopted. There's so many people out there that need help. These kids need help. And you make a difference, whether it's five seconds in your home, but they see you and it means, it changes their life. And so, of course, there was a lot of things that went on after that, but I only have five minutes. So, let's see what was my other scripture. I will say to the Lord, he is my refuge and my refuge, my God, in whom I trust. This is where my parents, like I said, they were drug addicts and whatever. Well, short story, because like I said, I have a short time. Um, they ended up, each of them, my mom and her boyfriend ended up their lives to the Lord. Um, my dad was at a different time. He passed away. And then um, my mom was 55 and she passed away of liver failure from drinking and drugs, just destroying herself. But on her deathbed, she gave her life to the Lord. And I cannot tell you how much you just pray for people. It doesn't matter if you pray with them, pray for them. Because she was literally on her deathbed and I was, you know, helping her, you know, say all the words she needs to, you know, she's bawling, all that stuff. The next day she died. And so you just, it matters, every bit matters, you know, and just so you know, I did end up just recently, I'm 43 years old, and I just recently talked to my father, like, he's never been in my life, crazy story, we can get together if you want with coffee, but he is, uh, it was off Facebook, and so now we have a relationship, and it's just so cool, it's just so cool, so that's kind of a short five minute story. Thank you, Jen, and thank you, worship team. Isn't God good? Isn't God good? You know, that's not just for her. God wants to work in your life as well. And if you know somebody that needs to know about Jesus, right, guess what? You know them. You can tell them. Amen? Start praying for an opportunity and an opening to do that. I'm going to bring my wife up to share some announcements before we get into the word, and she's wiping some tears and getting rid of mascara, but here you go. I learned a long time ago not to wear mascara to church. Um, yes, I'm supposed to come up and be all happy. And um, Jen, I'm just really, really proud of you for um, sharing because when I know you were scared to death and didn't want to do that. Public speaking is the last thing you want to do. But your story is amazing. And um, knowing you for, I don't know how we're old, 25 years. And knowing a lot of that story, um, just walking alongside you, but then just even your child. Anyway, it's just um, amazing to hear. So I don't know how you got through that without crying because I'm up here bawling. So God is so good. And he seriously changes people. And I remember when her mom got saved. And I remember thinking how I would, I'd be angry and I wouldn't want to be praying by her bedside if I were her daughter, and I was super proud of, um, I don't even know where you are, there you are, and I'm just, because it, I was angry for you, for your childhood, and so then I was angry at your mom, and there you are, leading her into heaven, and so, um, that, I know it's all God, so I'm really proud of you, because, um, that's just amazing. And your um, foster parents that I love, and they are amazing. And that whole story is, like, unbelievable. And so it's all, we all have a story. And when you share it, even when you're scared to public speak, when you share it, it touches everybody. And now everybody knows more about you, but then they know what they can offer with their home or with their life or with their story or with their parent that they need to go forgive or whatever that may not have crossed their mind before hearing your story. So we all have a story and even if we're scared, sharing it is literally life-changing for people. So now, hi, I'm super glad you're here and welcome to the Beat Church where we're always happy. <laughs> Um, so I am up here to just say that um, if you would like to give tithes and offerings, we have blue boxes back there, or you can give online, and there's many places to do that on your phones and online and a website and texting and pretty much all the ways 
um, you want, you can do that. We really appreciate that. Um, I think it was this month we um, helped a single mom get her uh, mechanics on her car all fixed up and got her all taken care of because of that. We've um, done some other things for another single mom, and we got another one um, that we're taking care of this week. So we really do love to give and um, not just take care of buildings and, and the, the boring things, but um, also to help people and take care of those needs. Community groups are on Tuesday nights at 6.30. We um, uh, meet at our house, the Elliots, and also at the Bertels. So we, you can get addresses for all that good stuff. It's always a potluck because this church likes to eat, always. And so we always do a dinner potluck on Tuesdays. Growth Zone is on Wednesdays here at the church. It's 10 a.m. And a lot of you are already involved in that. Those of you who are not, if you're thinking about business in any kind of way or growing in any kind of way, um, I can just brag a little that my husband is amazing, not just as a pastor, but he is a certified John Maxwell coach, and nobody really knows that. And he, what he teaches, there's actually, they're doing a whole curriculum. There's a church putting it all together in a curriculum to um, help their churches with it. And so what you guys have here and what he is helping with is um, literally gold, and it will help your business in whatever place you're at, whether it's just an idea or much further than that, and I just encourage you if, you, if you haven't tried it yet, please come. Also on Wednesdays here in the sanctuary, the doors are open, music is playing, it's open prayer from 10 to 1, and it is just a time for you and Jesus where you can just turn off your cell phone and have it quiet and just pray. The sanctuary is always open for that. Also, this Wednesday is a youth group. This is our youth group Wednesday. We may not have a slide for that, but then that also means that it's ladies' coffee. So this week is ladies' coffee, 7 p.m. while youth group is going. And then also every single week is 10 a.m. ladies' coffee here at the church during the day. So there's child care for the daytime Friday, not child care for the evening on Wednesday at 7 p.m. This Saturday is our men's breakfast at 8 a.m. here at the church. Um, Kyle and Maverick are in charge of that now, so Maverick will be, uh, I don't know if that, he's in charge this week, but Maverick helps with that, it's pretty adorable. And then also, uh, we are in the middle, almost at the end of our online devotional, and there'll be a new one that starts up, but the code is probably behind me, you can um, scan that and jump right in, because every single day it's a new one, uh, it takes a couple minutes, you don't fall behind, you can just jump right in. And then always, always, all this information is always on the Beat Church page on Facebook, the app on our website, all of that. And then I just also want to encourage you guys that next Sunday is July 4th, so I know everyone's going to want to have a lot of fun. I know everyone has a lot of plans. Some people might be going out of town, but for those of you who are not, what better way to start the celebration of your freedom than to first come and celebrate that we're free in our, like, Spirit, we're free, we're physically able to come and worship, and then you can go party at night responsibly. Um, but please join us, and I'm looking at this half of the room for that, um, but, <laughs> but please come and join us next Sunday, even though it is July 4th. Amen. Amen. Isn't she so cute and adorable? Uh, Pastor Art, come on up. Uh, let's give Pastor Art a hand as he comes up. We're going to have him share a word with us today. And uh, before he jumps in, uh, we're just going to pray for him. You know, Pastor Art is really, uh, we've only known him for a while when we found this building, but this guy is a hero to me. How old are you, Pastor Art? You're going to be 60, 59. Really? Really? Wow. Wow. I was thinking maybe 55 or so, 54. There is not many people who have spent years in ministry, 30 plus years in ministry, hitting 60 years old, that will not only preach on Sunday, which is, you know, some type of glorious endeavor to get up here and have everyone look at you, but will serve multiple days a week across the parking lot in a workout gym, serving kids and people where nobody sees the things that he does, and hauling kids around and taking care of families and working with people where there's no glory, there's no praise, there's no anything. It's just work, sacrifice, and effort, and still be passionate to do that when it's not even a paid deal, but to just be going to work. You know, Pastor Art has a job, 
and then over here serving and meeting the needs of people that are broken and hurting. There's not many people after that many years that still have the fire and the passion to do that. So when Pastor Art speaks today, he's not just speaking as somebody who shares from a pulpit. This guy gives his life to the lost and hurting people of the world. And that matters. We want to be able to get there. When I'm 60, and you won't be able to tell because I'll look the same. But when I'm 60, my hope and prayer is that I'll have the same passion for the lost and for hurting and broken people that Art still has. Amen. Let's, let's give him the mic so he can share his word. Lord, we pray for Pastor Art right now as he shares. Lord, thank you for his faithfulness. Lord, thank you for Murdy's faithfulness, Lord, as his partner and wife. Lord, thank you for what you've done in and through them and what you still are going to do in and through them. Thank you that we get the chance today, Lord, to hear, Lord, from someone who's walked the walk, Lord, and talked the talk. Lord, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Pastor Andy. Hey, I, I just want to, first of all, just thank Pastor Andy for allowing me to, to share the word with you guys today. You know, it's always an honor and a privilege to be able to share God's word. And um, again, Andy, thank you. And just become good friends, an encouragement, a blessing to be able to be here and, and just continue to work in the kingdom, even though... Uh, I, I'm 60 years old. I know I don't look 60. I feel like I'm, I'm at least 55, Andy. But praise the Lord. The Holy Spirit really keeps us young, keeps us vibrant. If we're, if we're doing what God's called us to do, he's going to keep us young, just like Moses was 120 and still climbing mountains. Never lost eyesight. So I'm praying that maybe by 120 I can still be climbing mountains and still passionate for the Lord. While we're here, that we can continue to do this. This is what it's about. We all have an assignment. And, and to be able to be here with you guys and continuing to see what God's doing, it just blesses my heart. And so, uh, again, Andy, thank you and your wife for allowing me and my wife to continue to be here. And uh, just continue to do the kingdom, kingdom work. Um, you know, uh, I'd like to uh, just take this opportunity just to... Uh, uh, thank my wife. We've been married 34, right? Babe? <laughs> Wonderful, glorious years. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, nobody, you know, if you're not married, I tell you what, you can come talk to us. We'll tell you some things that you shouldn't do, some of the mistakes that we do. But marriage is work. It, it, it's work. But, you know, 34 years after 14, I think I learned how to pick up my clothes after 14 years and still. <laughs> but my wife takes good care of me. She makes sure that uh, I'm able to do what I, I enjoy doing, and it's just uh, ministering the Word of God. Uh, so, you know, the last couple of weeks, praise the Lord, Andy has been sharing about the Holy Spirit, about uh, this this presence of God, the Holy Spirit, even as we were worshiping here today, the Holy Spirit, you bring the Holy Spirit, it lives in you, and, and there's so many things that we can talk about the Holy Spirit, we could probably spend forever, and I've been serving the Lord now over almost 40 years, I got saved in my 20s, and, and God has been so amazing in the things that he does in understanding uh, walking by faith and not by sight. We live by faith and not by sight. So uh, learning these things, who, how, do you, how do you learn these things? You know, who taught you how to walk by the Spirit? Who's, who's, well, let me ask you this. Who taught you how to ride a bike? I'm sure if, if your dad, hopefully, if not, somebody taught you how to ride a bike. But once you learned how to ride the bike, it, you can get it. If you hadn't ride it, ridden a bike in, in five or ten years, you can get on a bike now and you can ride it. You've learned how to ride it. It may take a little while. And it's faith. Faith is the same way, and the Holy Spirit is the same way. So, so many things to talk about. It's character. We can talk about its gifts. We can talk about its, 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 uh, its guidance, its deliverance. Uh, everything that the Holy Spirit has, he has in store for us. And he, he wants us to understand how to operate in this gift, how to operate. He's given us. Jesus said, I'm giving you the Holy Spirit. What, what did he give it to us for? He's given it to us so that we can learn how to walk this walk here on earth. And I'm telling you, looks like it's getting harder. 
things that are happening in the world. The world isn't getting brighter. Sometimes it seems like the world's getting darker. But listen, as the world gets darker, we get brighter. We shine more. People can tell the difference. There's something different about you. And if it, they can't see it, well, listen, we need the Holy Spirit to help us in this. And so I want to share with you the Holy Spirit is Jesus unlimited. What is the Holy Spirit? Well, it's Jesus. It's Jesus unlimited, unlimited power, unlimited grace, unlimited forgiveness, just like Jennifer was sharing uh, this morning. It had to be God's unlimited power to be able to pray for her mom after the way her mom treated her. You know, and Carrie was sharing, you know, I was mad for you. The way they treated you, this and that and this and that. But to be able to pray for your mom, though she wasn't a good mom. But what kind of mom did she have? And how was her mom? This doesn't happen. It, it, it just begins because of what happens in our lives. It goes to the third and fourth generation. That's what the, the word says. You know, yes, last week, these testimonies are powerful. And if you didn't listen to Jason's testimony last week, wow, man. His daughter, his daughter was, had a disease. Was it leukemia? His daughter had leukemia and she's only, I think, four, four. Still remembering. It takes, you know, when you're 60, you kind of try to, try to keep remembering, right, Andy? You'll, you'll know that when you turn 60. But, but knowing these things about her, her daughter, and, and, and I'm thinking of myself, what would I do? If it was my daughter, my son, what, how would I would react? What would I do? And who's there? Who do you go to to talk to when you're going through this? alone or you're at home and it's just your family you know pastor can't help you pastor can't do that when you're 24 7 or the people that are there and the people how do you handle something like that and his testimony that he could you imagine well we're just gonna praise god i had to learn how to play was it the piano let me see i'm remembering see it's not that bad thank you holy spirit but <laughs> Learning to play the piano so that he can worship God while his daughter's sick with leukemia and say, Lord, what's going on here? Man, I'm upset. Why, why is it? And he's going to play and worship the king. You need Holy Spirit power. You need unlimited Jesus to be able to do that because you cannot do it on your own. Try it. You try that. If you don't know Jesus, you try it if you haven't been saved and you haven't been filled with the word and you haven't filled with the unconditional love of God. And you try to act right when things aren't going well for you. When you're at the doctors and the doctors tell you you have cancer, you hear bad news and things aren't going well. And you don't have something that's going to give you some supernatural grace to be able to praise God in the midst of the storm. It's hard enough just being a believer. And if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit, for us to be able to act right and forgive those people, just like me, my dad left when I was 10 years old. There's seven of us. He comes in. I just never forget. I, 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 you probably already heard my story. 10 years old. I'm the oldest of seven. He comes in home one day. And he tells my mom, and I'm right there. Listen. Hey, I'm leaving you. I'm, leave, I'm out of here. I got somebody else. She's in the car. I don't want this anymore. And all of us are there, and we're just sitting there crying. What are we going to What are we going to do? Walks out the door. And upset, sorrow. My dad is leaving. What did I do? He doesn't love us anymore. What's happening? And then I give my, and, and, and don't see him for 20 years. Then I get saved and give my life to Jesus. And then I, he starts calling me and wants to hear, uh, hear from me, wants to see me, wants to talk to me. And I don't want to talk to him. 
I want nothing to do with him. But guess what? This word of God. Jesus told me, if you can't forgive, if you can't forgive whom you see, how can you ask God to forgive you? And I kept reading that scripture two weeks. I fought with it. And the Holy Spirit is just working in me, giving me grace. He calls me. But listen, back then, we didn't, we didn't have caller ID. We didn't, weren't able to screen our calls like we do now. Oh, so-and-so, brother. Oh, what does he want now? I'm not here. Oh, what, oh, does he need money again? I'm not here. Whatever it is, we, we can screen our calls. Back then, it would just keep ringing. We had those, that phone in the kitchen, that like 20-foot long cord. You could walk all over the place. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then your sister wants the phone because she's waiting for a call from her friend. And you just stay there longer. Well, you're just on purpose. You know, you just stay on the phone a little longer. No, no, I don't have to go now. But just make it, you know, you have seven, one phone. Now... A family of four, everybody has a phone, maybe even an extra phone <laughs> for emergencies. But the Holy Spirit has, is unlimited power. It's unlimited Jesus. I say that because, you know, um, when Jesus was on the earth, he was here on the earth. He could only be at one place at one time. When, when Jesus was, was here, and remember when he was going to go pray for Jarius, he was going to go pray for this, this, this baby, this little girl who was dying. And he says, I'm going to go. And he's going to go pray for her. But yet another woman touches the hem of his garment. He says, and for her at the same time. And by the time he finished with the woman with the issue of blood who was healed, they tell Jariah's, hey, sorry, your daughter's not alive. Those few minutes, the five minutes, the ten minutes, if he could just pray at the same time, and he could be here at the same time, they would have, been, they would have both been healed. But Jesus said, today, today we have Jesus living on the inside of us. Today, I could be praying for somebody at work. You could be praying for somebody. Pastor's praying for somebody. Carrie's praying for somebody. Everybody's praying for somebody. And it's Jesus unlimited because it's Jesus that lives on the inside of you. You're not the healer. He's the healer. But you have to know what the Holy Spirit's all about. It operates to give you power to act right, talk right, walk right, do right. In the midst of the storm. I said, well, Lord. You know, as I got saved, I didn't know anything about the Holy Spirit. I was raised, praise God, Catholic. Hallelujah. Thank God for the Catholics. I'll tell you one thing. They teach you how to go to church. They, my mom got me by the ears every morning and got me to church, all seven of us. But they, they are dedicated. They are committed. It might just be on Sunday, but they're there. But Easter Sunday, we're having a party. But, but that's, they're committed to making sure they go to church and honoring that day. And my mom would tell me, can't you just give God one hour? Can't you just come with me one hour and thank the Lord for you had all six days to yourself? I said, man. And then when I moved out of the house, I thought, man, I don't have to listen to my mom anymore. Now I'm out on my own. I got my own job. I got my own car. I don't have to go to church if I don't want to. Then I'm asleep and it's Sunday and I could hear her voice. <laughs> going to get up to go to church? Man, I'm listening to stuff. Something that... She taught me. You go to church. I started going to church just because I knew it was the right thing to do. But I was hungry. And I was thirsty. And I wanted more. I said, man, there's got to be more than just coming to church. There's, there's got to be more than it's just having a good 
family, which is wonderful, but there's got to be more. And then I started running in at my people at work. They kept telling me about, hey, man, you need to get saved. You need to come to church. I said, man, I go to church every Sunday, man. It's all right. Not talk to me. Talk to the hand. But they kept inviting me. Every time I worked, I worked in, I moved from El Paso to Houston and worked at a, a RCA, you know, carrying those big TVs. I was a lot more thinner, a lot stronger, picking up these. Hey, hey, those TVs aren't those little skinny ones you guys have right now. We're talking consoles, consoles, man. This big 25-inch, a big box. We'd pick them up and unload them. Wow. I was, we, would, we would race. There would be a, a truckload of, of TVs, and me and this guy would race to see who would get our site done quick in Houston, Texas, in the midst of the humidity. But one of those guys invited me to church, kept asking me, and I started going to church. I think I got saved like five or six times. Didn't understand everything about it, you know. But then one day coming out of, I, I love to dance. It's, it's, it's our culture. La, 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 baile, la, baile. Yeah, I still dance. I just got a new partner. His name is Jesus. But I, I remember uh, going out of a club and this guy just telling me, do you know Jesus? If you were to die today, would you go to heaven? And passionate about it. And didn't want me. He didn't even know me. But he didn't want me to go to hell. And then 1 John 5.13 says. He says. Nah. Look at that. I already forgot. Jesus Christ came. So that you may know. You have eternal life. That you may know, not guess, not hope. Hopefully, I'm good enough. I go to church. I do this. I do that. Hopefully, because I did that. I go to church. I do this. I do the right things. And hopefully, I go to heaven. But that day at a launch on Silver's, I surrendered my life to Jesus. I was never the same again. I was 22 years old, 1982, October. And, and, and walking with the Lord. You know what? When you give your life, things still, you still struggle with some things. There's still some challenges. There's still some, some flesh habits. And when I found out about the Holy Spirit, unlimited power to help you, because we need help in the world today. Look at, go to uh, John chapter 14. Now, in the Gospel of John, if you go Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, do you know that? All the Gospels, Jesus is mentioned 1,043 times. But in the book of John, it's mentioned 258 times more, almost double more than any other Gospel. And if you look at the Gospel of John, there are no parables. If you look Matthew, Mark, and Luke, there's parables in there. But in the Gospel of John, there's no parables in that Gospel. And I was asking the Holy Spirit. Now, you guys ask him, you know, I'm not telling you that this is why, but I felt this is what the Holy Spirit is. I began to listen. I said, Lord, how come there's no parables in John? There's parables in Matthew. There's parables in Mark. There's parables in Luke, but there's no parables in John. And he says, because John spoke about love. And if you go to 1 John, he says that God is love. And if you know love, you don't need parables because love is the Everything, because God is love. If you know love, you know God. If you know God, why do you need a parable? And I said, wow. So I started to study John. I started to stay in John. I started just to meditate on John. And if you notice, John's the one that talks a lot about the Holy Spirit, the teacher, the guide, the deliverer, the protector. Why? Because this is what we as a body of Christ need. We need if you're, if, if you're a believer, you don't need parables. Jesus would take and give the parables to those that didn't know. And then he'd take the disciples and then he'd explain what those parables meant. Now look at John chapter 16, verse 5 through 7. 
I got about how many minutes left? 15? 10? Okay. Okay. Go. John chapter 16, verse 5 through 7, it says, But now I go away to him who sent me, and none of you ask me, Where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, watch this. Are you listening? He says, Sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I, watch this, I will. He didn't say I might. He didn't say hopefully. He says, I will send you. I will send him to you. Send the helper to you. I noticed that Jesus perceives that sorrow has filled their heart. Why? Why has sorrow filled their heart? And it was because he says, listen, I'm leaving you guys. Bye. He's not telling where he's going, but you're not going to be with me anymore. And it says that sorrow has filled their heart. What? Why did they have sorrow? They're with Jesus. Listen, when you love somebody, when you care for somebody, when, when, when they leave, maybe there was a family here that left uh, a couple of weeks ago, maybe more, the Hickses. And man, people were sad. They were crying. They were, they were leaving. Uh, sorrow, I'm sure sorrow filled their heart. Not a bad thing. They were happy for them. We prayed for them. They're, they're moving to home, back home. But sorrow filled their heart. Why? Because they had a relationship. Because they had, a, uh, they had friends and, and they enjoyed them. And so Jesus is saying, listen, I'm leaving. And they're sorrow because, listen, man, you're leaving us. Everything that he was doing. When you hung around Jesus, you can expect something good is going to happen. When you hang around Jesus, man, you just want to be with him. Remember the crowds? They heard his, Jesus was feeding the crowds, and they were just coming. I want to be with this guy. People are getting healed. People are getting delivered. People are being touched. But he could only do it one place at a time. He had a crowd, but if, if he was in, in Judea or not Capernaum, there was only things happening in Judea. And he said, sorrow has filled your heart. You know what? When my daughters moved out of the house, sorrow, I mean joy. No, no, no. No, for real, babe. I didn't want them to leave. I know it was time for them to go. I love my girls. And, and, and when, when they said, Dad, we're moving out, are you sure you want to move out? Like, this room's empty. You can have now it's just me and my wife. We got a three-bedroom house and... We got some extra bedrooms. So when we have, we don't have arguments anymore. We have aggressive fellowship. <laughs> after, after 34 years, you know it's not arguing. We're having aggressive fellowship. So I go to my room, she goes to her room. <laughs> we, but God has taught us how to work. And that sorrow has filled her heart. But listen, you know, when my dad left, sorrow filled my heart. Not in a good way. So sorrow fills her heart because we, we have someone we love. Someone we know is leaving. And that's what happened to the disciples. It says they were leaving. And so he says, listen, but wait up. Look what he says. He says he perceives that sorrow has filled her heart. And I believe Jesus knew what it was to, to lose someone. And he says here, but because I have said these things, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. Now watch this. It is to your advantage. It's to your advantage that I go away. His advantage. That word advantage means benefit. That word advantage means aid or support. So it's to your benefit that I go away. It's to your aid that I go away. It's to your support that I go away. Why? Because I believe that Jesus knew in the world we're living today, we need some aid. We need some support. 
We, we need some help in the world we need today. It's to your advantage that I'm going to send you some, ad, some support, Amen. some benefit, some aid, so that you can walk on this place, not be moved, and not allow sorrow to fill your heart. Listen, maybe we lost a loved one. We lost my, I lost my mom. Man, it, it, was, it was tough. It didn't say to... But, you know, have you seen somebody that, that's not saved and they don't know if they went to heaven or not? Or, or they're just crying. They don't know if they're, they're going to. They don't want to leave them. They're afraid. But listen, I have a peace in me. I know I'm going to see my, my mom again. I know without a doubt I have a peace. I know insurance. Because the Holy Spirit says, listen, I don't want you to have sorrow in your heart forever. Yes, you may hurt because we're flesh, because we're human nature. But I want you to know that I have your mom in heaven with you, for waiting for you. I know it. So it brings a peace in my heart. And it's to your advantage that I send you, I leave so that I can send you the Holy Spirit. Now watch, go to John chapter 14. Verse 12 to, six, 12 to 16. Now watch. When, when Jesus, in, in John chapter 3, he talked and, he, and he's in red. So everything that you're reading here is in red. Jesus said this, not Pastor Art. It said, Jesus in chapter 3, he says, truly, truly. I say to you, unless a man be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Notice that he was emphasizing on truly, truly. In other words, Jesus, listen, are you listening? Let me, let me say it again. Truly, truly. I want you to understand this. You must be born again. So he's making an emphasis. Listen, if, if you've never been born again, you've got to be born again. And then here in John chapter 14, he writes, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these will he do because I go to the Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And verse 14, if you ask anything... In my name, I will what? I will what? Do it. We've got a name that's above every other name. We have a name, the name of Jesus that says that every knee should bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You know what it's got to bow? Brother, leukemia had to bow to the name of Jesus. Cancer, you got to bow to the name of Jesus. Sickness, you got to bow. Poverty, you got to bow. Depression, you got to bow. Addictions, you got to bow. Chains got to be broken. You got to bow down to the name of Jesus. But how do we operate this? How do we work this? Because let me tell you, when I started this thing, nothing was working. I said, Lord, I thought you loved me. I'm, I'm praying in Jesus' name, but it's not paying my bills. I'm praying in this thing, and what's happening? It seems like things are getting worse. Has that ever happened to you, or did it just happen to me? And, and that most assuredly, he told me to focus on most. Most is what? Maximum. Most, maximum, my max. You're my max. Love you, max. Maximum. Greatest. He's the, he says, and then assuredly means certainly, definitely, and undoubtedly. So in other words, he's saying maximum certainty, I say to you, believe in Jesus. Max or greatest, undoubtedly, I say to you, believe in Jesus. Listen, he didn't say, I need, you need to do this, you need to do this. You need, he needs, we need to believe. How many of you really believe that you're saved? 
Amen. You're not ashamed, right? Say, raise your hands. If, you're, if you didn't raise your hand, let me pray for you. I want you to come up here and get saved. No, not really. But, but I'm saying is that we know without a doubt that we're saved. And it's not because how good we are. It's not how much better we are. God's changing us and we're becoming more and more like him. But we know without a shadow of a doubt, it's not based on what we do. It's based on what he did for you at the cross. He died for all our sins. And I am so, so grateful. And because I'm grateful, I want to be the best Jesus that I can be here on earth. And I need help. I need some aid. I need the Holy Spirit. And when I found out, you know, I used to think, okay, you believe the works that you do, even greater works. I used to think of, okay, miracles, signs, wonders. I'm going to cast out devils. I'm going to walk in the supernatural thinking all this stuff. And then God says, make works. What kind of works? Well, he says, you are my workmanship. You are my work. God is working in you. God's working in me. And we are his works. And the greater works, he says, are works that we're becoming more and more like Christ. Paul said, it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and delivered himself up for me. The reason I live like this is because Christ lives in me. And I'm able to walk this thing out. And so I said, okay, Lord, the works, what kind of works? He goes, the greatest miracle, guys, the greatest miracle in the Bible, in the book of Luke, it says angels rejoice when one person repents and gives their lives to Jesus. You don't see angels repenting. I'm I'm sorry, angels repent, right? No, they don't repent. You don't see angels rejoicing and and talking about that if someone gets healed, someone gets delivered. You see angels rejoice. And another place where it says angels rejoice is where Jesus was born. It says when Jesus was born, it says angels were praising God. They were rejoicing. Angels were the baby. Jesus was born. Greatest miracle is when you lead someone to Christ. Greatest miracle is that your mom's not going to hell anymore, Jenny. My dad, when I hated, I led to the Lord. And, and now I know he was so grateful, man, when I told him. I remember I was fighting it and praying, Lord, I can't do this. I don't want to do this. This flesh is struggling. 20 years, I don't see him in my life. And now he wants to come back into my life. And the Holy Spirit told me, you need to do this. Well, Lord, you're going to have to help me. And as I prayed and gave me the strength to go see my dad, he had already been married like four times. He was on his fifth one. She was probably younger than I was. No, not at the time, about the same age. And I go knock at the door. And she says, who are you? I said, I'm Mark Cardenas, Jr., Uh, is my dad here? Art Cardenas? She's just kind of stunned. She goes, yeah, yeah. Hey, Art, there's somebody here who says he's your son. I guess maybe she didn't know. <laughs> I come up there and I come to the front and my dad had been trying to get a hold of me for a couple months. And, and inside me, it wasn't me. Inside me was just, you, got, you can't let him go to hell. He wasn't a good, but he didn't know any better. His dad was the same. And you got to break that. You got to break that. The Holy Spirit was in me and I said, and I just looked at him and said, Dad, I want to tell you that I gave my life to Jesus. And he forgave me. Of all my sins, he forgave me for everything. And I come here to tell you, I didn't want to talk to you. I'm here to tell because Jesus wants to tell me to, to forgive you. I forgive you. Oh, I just remember the Holy Spirit came down. The presence of the Lord was so strong. He just went to his knees and started crying and kept telling me, I'm sorry. Son. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 
me and my dad became best friends. We played tennis together. Beat him every time. Revenge. <laughs> but we had a good time, and, and we're able to restore that relationship to be a good father. And he was in my father. He, my, he got to meet my, my daughters and got to meet all my kids. And all that stuff, man, you gotta, you got to learn how to forgive and forget. you got to learn to give it to God. And the only thing that can help you do that is the Holy Spirit. Because, you know, I forgive you, but you keep reminding me about it. Forgive and forget. I remember I thought, okay, we're going to walk in this. And God is talking about works. He's talking about the works in us. But he's also talking about the miracles that he did. And I said, okay, Lord, I'm going to go do miracles. Had a friend who had a parrot, and it was dying, so I went over there. Let me pray for it. You know, when you're young in the Lord, you just want to pray for everything. Pray the dog, pray the house, pray the toilet. I was praying for everything. You know, when the toilet gets clogged up, right, you pray over it. I'm not going to plunge it. And I prayed, and he said, I'll be right over. I'm going to pray for your parrot. Went over there, prayed for the parrot. Five minutes later, it died. I said, man, what happened? It was, God, what's going on here? Man, the parrot died. I'm sorry, dude. I, uh, I just prayed Jesus, you know. Then you don't want to pray anymore. I remember praying for somebody. We went to the hospitals back then in Houston. They let us go in the hospitals, brother. I'm going to hospitals, and I go in there and start praying for people in the, in the beds or the families that were out there and just tell them, hey, man, you guys are here. How can I? I want to pray for you. The Lord brought me here to just pray for you. And they were praying for this man, their, their dad, and, and he was sick, and they, they said that he may not live this week. I said, well, let's pray. You know, oh, man, man of faith. Went over there, prayed, laid hands on him, anointed him. They called me 30 minutes later. He went to be with the Lord. Oh, man, Lord, I don't want to pray no more. This stuff don't work. And, and sometimes, you know, we, we mess up. We, 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 we get discouraged because we fall to temptation or we get upset. And, and I would fall and I'd get upset and I'd feel all down. And I, no wonder you're not going to listen to me no more. And then God, the Holy Spirit, took me to Romans chapter 5 and verse 5. Look what it says. Because it happens to all of us, guys. Been living with the Lord. He's never, ever, 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 ever let me down. Oh, my goodness. It says, now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Watch this. The Holy Spirit does not disappoint hope. What is hope? Expectation. When you came to church today, did you come expecting to hear from God? Did you come to say, Lord, your word is, produces faith. Faith doesn't come back void. The word of God is powerful. It will not come back void. So when you come to church, do you just come to church because you have to come to church? Or do you come to church because you know that God is going to speak to you? Faith. You come with an expectation. Hope, he says, hope does not disappoint. That word disappoint is fail. So that word expectation does not fail. When you come expecting to receive from God, he will not fail you. And then why? Watch this. I said, well, why doesn't it fail? It says, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit. In other words, the Lord told me the Holy Spirit, when you're discouraged, when you're upset, when things don't feel good, and he says, man, and it didn't, you prayed and it didn't work, and you fell, and you tripped, and you hurt yourself, and things didn't go right, the Holy Spirit comes, and he pours love into your heart he starts pouring this love unconditional love he starts pouring this stuff to say it's okay son and that love that you know he said in corinthians love never fails love never fails love always wins it and john said god is love 
He says, I'm pouring in some God in you. I'm pouring in this supernatural Jesus juice. Jesus Jamba juice. I'm pouring it in you. And man, when, you, when he starts pouring that love in, you're just, you're just filling with the Holy Spirit. He starts telling you, hey, son, it's okay. You're my son. I still love you. Come on, get up. Don't wallow in the mud. Don't wallow in the dirt. Don't stay down. Come on, let me pick you up. Because you're a winner. You're not a quitter. You keep getting up, son, because I'm going to bring you into victory. Things happen. He pours his love. And he's pouring it, encouraging you that you will be more than a conqueror. How do we operate this Holy Spirit? Build your relationship. Talk to the Holy Spirit. Talk to it. And last one, John chapter 14, 26 and 27. It says, but the helper, you ever, when I was young, they used to have hamburger helper. Remember that? It increased everything. It filled you up. Jesus is our helper. He increases everything. Fills us up with his goodness and with his love. He says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring into remembrance all things that I said to you. Watch this. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Listen, guys. We can't be afraid. We can't allow the enemy to hit us with fear. Fear is the opposite of faith. Faith comes... Fear leaves. And as you get in faith and you trust in the Lord, it's God teaching you all things. And I remember Jesus is now unlimited in us. When Jesus was out on there, everybody had to wait to see him or get prayed for. How about like today? When you go see a doctor, you got to wait two weeks maybe. When you have an appointment to see a doctor, this you have to wait because... There's, there's a waiting list. But listen, today, you have the doctors of all doctors. You got the great physician. You, got, you don't have to wait two weeks. Jesus unlimited. He's in you now. You can make an appointment to see him today. You can, you can see him when you're going through some struggles or challenges, getting with the Holy Spirit. Jesus is there. You don't have to wait. He's there right now. He knows what you're going through. Jesus wants to fill you up and let you know he's giving you the power to walk a supernatural life. Amen? Did you guys get something out of this? Amen. Pastor Andy, thank you so much, brother. Yes, thank you. Great word. Amen. Let's pray, and uh, we're going to head over to Fellowship Hall. And hang out, make some friends, make some connections over there. That's how we do life, right? Love God, love people, live like you mean it. So don't rush out. This isn't a theater, right? This is a place to get to know people and connect. It's not a concert. Go make a friend or encourage somebody else, amen? Father, we thank you for this opportunity just to be together and to hear your word. And thank you for just this powerful message that Pastor Art shared. God, as we go over to the fellowship hall, Lord, we pray, Lord, help us to put down, Lord, the mass and the just all those things, God, and just be open, Lord. Be real with each other, Lord, and to walk in your love, God. Holy Spirit, help us to do that, Lord, not just to play church, Lord, but to be the church. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys, thanks for being here. We love you. got family members on lockdown. I still pray to God to release them. Put my hope in the Father. All these problems just pushing me harder. When I feel like I'm ready to fall out. Hit my knees and start crying my heart out. Yeah, shoot us on the corner. Daddy got corona trauma singing us to sleep. Yeah, God ain't raising quitter. This is not the end and we will never be defeated. No, you don't have to fight these battles on your own. God is in control. You gotta know it ain't over because you gotta handle hope. the next step and
visit www.thebeatchurch.com and get connected with a community committed to applying these truths in their everyday lives. You can also give now to support our messages by visiting www.thebeatchurch.com give.